When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello, and a very warm welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield, and I'll be your host tonight. And with me in the studio this week is likeable twit, Tony Kerr. Yeah, I'm going to have to get the legal team on that one, I think. You don't like that I thought you were getting nicer to me over the last few weeks, but no. How's it going this week? Yeah, not too bad. I've just played football and a bit depressed. Yeah, you're really angry. (laughs) Uh, I came and met you here at the studio. And you've just been playing football. Yeah. And we've been here, what, about 45 minutes already? Because you've just been <laughs> ranting about oh, the just, football match you just played. It's just like like cricket, when it, it, village cricket, in the truest sense of the word. You know, at least you spend most of the time not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And so does everyone Chatting. else. So everyone else is like, yeah, really bad. I'm not putting myself in that camp just yet. Uh, doesn't really have any, you know, much opportunity to influence the game. Whereas in football, uh, yeah, there's no hiding place. So you're just getting really annoyed with all your teammates, yeah. basically. They'll, they'll probably be listening to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, like, this guy's an absolute douche. <laughs> no, no, it, it was a mutual effort of kind of rubbishness tonight, in awful conditions. Well, it's cold, isn't it, Tone? Isn't Snow it? update. We don't really have any, but we almost might. You're willing it on. You're like, oh, yeah, there's snow. And, you know, it's like it's slightly drizzling outside and there's puddles everywhere. Um, you've come in going like, oh yeah, it's like it's hectic conditions in the upper parishes, the outer, the outer. What do you call it? What's that thing in Star Wars? The outer galaxies or something? The outer rim. Yeah, the outer rim. That's <laughs> essentially what you've come in and said. You're like, oh, this, you know, it's well, wild in the outer rim. Seriously, mate, the upper parishes. It is actually snowing. You've been down here in the north, uh, where the studio is, and you've been playing football down here as well. Uh, and it's much lower down. And sea level. So in your in the mind, mountains, it's, in, in your yeah. mind, it's just raining. But up high, up in the upper parishes where I've come from, uh, it's actually snowing. And I'm a little bit concerned about how I'm going to get home because it was already getting quite hairy on the roads on the way here. I'll get you home, don't worry. <laughs> well, we're in separate cars, so I'm not sure. Well, I'll get me home, but I can't <laughs> vouch for you. I just want it to snow tonight. I'm so desperate for a snow day. No, I'm not at all. It's I'm rubbish. Absolutely it's desperate for a snow day. I mean, your problem is that if it's a snow day, you have to come to work because you have to yeah. report on it being a, a radio journalist. <laughs> radio uh, journalist. Whereas for me, a snow day means, you know, I get to go and build a snowman or something. Snow is just not... Unless it's on a mountain and there's glue vine and <laughs> ski lifts, it's not much fun, is it, really? What's, what's fun about trudging along the road in slushy, grey, mucky, dirty snow and then trudging home again? Sounds after, great. Yeah, it just sounds no, great, doesn't awful. it? No, I agree with you. I mean, the, the worst of all worlds is for it to snow a little bit tonight and then it, you know it's just a bit slushy and mucky on the ground but everyone still has to go to work but it's a bit awkward getting into work and stuff that's rubbish but if it actually snows like it did two years ago Tony, when you had to work but i didn't it was probably the best day of my life yeah. just gambling about frolicking in the snow <sighs> boring it was absolutely magnificent no, and that's what i want 
That is what I want. Well, you're not going to get keep, it, hopefully. I, keep, I really hope you don't I get keep, it. The last few days, I, I keep waking up in the middle of the night and rushing over to the window. <laughs> it's been about seven degrees. Nose pressed against the glass. Look it's at, snowing. <laughs> oh, please, I hope it's snowing. You need to go back and do some GCC geography, mate. <laughs> this has been mild. It's been balmy of late. Uh, anyway, what is coming up on the show today? Well, I thought <laughs> that we were going to do our World Cup preview... Uh, got I got a bit carried away and I got the dates wrong. I thought the World Cup started much sooner than it actually does. I think the problem is I'm just so excited. I'm so excited about everything. So I'm excited about the snow days uh, and I'm excited about the World Cup. And yeah, I keep coming home from work and just going straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> just get another sleep over it. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> so I just want the World Cup to come around faster. Well, yeah, so we, we're not going to be doing our, our full preview tonight, but we will be looking ahead to the World Cup, uh, which is all up in our grill right now and we'll be talking about England and the Tri-Series final and all that kind of stuff but there's also been lots of other things happening in the cricketing world it's been a busy couple of weeks uh, so we're going to be touching on everything from Mohammed Amir to Stuart Broad to some very naughty ghosts uh, so there's a lot to look forward to but uh, but yeah what's going on in your life Tane? Had a good week? No. Yeah it's been good did you watch the Super Bowl last night? No not interested at all no. did you? Yeah it's good I mean the half time show you must got... be tired now then well a little bit not too bad but, I mean, the halftime show's got nothing on T20 finals day, has it? And Liberty X, <laughs> whatever other plays normally. Atomic Kitten. Uh, but, yeah, it was good. Good all round. Greatest show on turf. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's not my line. You should, uh, you should tweet that's that. That's not my line. You must be knackered, because what time did that finish? Two in the morning? Mm, yeah, yeah, a little bit after that. And then you've been at work today playing football, and now it's quite late. It's like, it's... Yeah. it's gone nine well that's the dedication so, i'm putting is, in for this i'm normally in bed as i say i'm normally fast asleep by about six thirty <laughs> these days waiting for the world cup yeah it's it's quite late so there might be a bit of a different atmosphere to the show tonight do you think a bit, a bit more like late night radio yeah i hope so i mean it, i mean sunday was a up all night with adam and tony i haven't got i can't really do that voice i don't know just get a bit weird if i do this but uh i mean sunday was an absolute feast of sport it was a feast of sport isn't it do start, they talk start. like this on late night radio? No. Or is this just no. some weird voice? Well, let's just chat. With, uh, start with the cricket, didn't it? That was rubbish. Uh, then Andy Murray, uh, and he started well, and then he was rubbish. And then, and then your football tonight happened. was rubbish. But then the Super Bowl was good. Oh. <laughs> Something to cling on to. I'm glad you've uh, you talked about the Super Bowl there. I'm glad you you know sort of thought. There's something to talk about because I wasn't really sure what to do in this intro. Do you ever worry that we'll run out of things to talk about, Tone? Because literally, I was trying to think of what can we talk about, and the best I could come up with, the most interesting thing I could think of, was that you, yesterday when we played football, wore the wrong <laughs> colour shirt. You were supposed to wear a white shirt, and you turned up in a grey shirt. Grey gate. It's become <laughs> well, known it, as. It, well, this is the bullshit thing about <laughs> what happened yesterday, is that grey is not a... Like, like okay... I'll give. I'll make your argument for you. It's but, yeah, hang on. It's, it's okay. supposed to be one team's supposed to wear colours, any colour. The other team's supposed to wear white. Yeah, and I'll make your argument for you. If I turn up playing for colours in a grey shirt, people have said, "Well, that's not colour." And I turn up for playing, you know, in whites, uh, playing for whites in a grey shirt, and you said, "Well, that's not a white shirt." So that's your argument, but I refute that. <laughs> hang on, wait. My argument is what that grey is neither colour or white. Okay. Uh, but in fact, it's white. It's light. It's it's, it's whites and lights. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. It's it was. It's a very. It's like a like a mild grey. Like colours versus whites and lights. But then why, <laughs> why 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 not like a pale yellow then, or a, or an extremely pale blue? That's light. 
No, because it's like it's monochrome. That's the <laughs> that's the rule. This is absolutely thrilling stuff. Listeners <laughs> must be loving it. World Cup watch. This is our item, World Cup watch, where we look ahead to the World Cup, which is terrifyingly close now. Tone less than two weeks ago. As we know, it starts on Valentine's Day, uh, and we will be doing our full preview of the World Cup. Our incredibly tedious team by team rundown of all the teams. Uh, that'll be on next week's show. Uh, we're setting up a fantasy league as well, a world cricket show fantasy Aren't mini we? league. Get your fantasy teams ready you done that this yet? week. I haven't set up the league yet. I'll do that this Keep week. Keep an eye on the Facebook page, the Twitter as well. But as the, the World Cup approaches, there's been lots and lots of one-day cricket going on around the world, and there's been this tri-series going on. Tone, have you heard about this in Australia? England are hurtling into the World Cup off the back of quite a mixed bag in that tri-series. They played five games. They beat India twice, but they lost to Australia three times, including a fairly meek capitulation in the final on Sunday, uh, which was in Perth. Australia batting first. Uh, we're in quite a lot of trouble at 60 for four, uh, with Jimmy Anderson making life very difficult for them. Uh, they recovered quite well with Glenn Maxwell making 95, and then they took 45 runs off the last three overs. James Faulkner, 50 not out of 24 deliveries and they ended up posting 278 for eight declared that's that was a, a, a much bigger total than it looked like they would get and and a bigger total than England have chased down uh for a very long time and they didn't look like they were going to get anywhere near chasing it down uh, as they were very quickly reduced to 46 for four it got worse at 98 for seven and eventually they were all out for 166 Glenn Maxwell after his heroics with the bat uh, taking four for 46 as well to be named man of the match. Uh, so Australia wrapped up the win and won the tri-series. Uh, and England with a little bit of thinking to do, perhaps. I mean, wh what's your reading on England at this point, Tyane? Can, can you take their temperature for us? You know, is it, is it encouraging that they were able to, to beat India reasonably comfortably twice? Uh, or are you more worried that they weren't able to beat Australia or indeed really get anywhere close to Australia. They've now lost 15 of their last 16 internationals against the Aussies in all formats. Not great, is it? I mean, it's some, you know, a kind of mixture of those, really. Uh, if you wanted to kind of have a headline, you'd kind of have to build your own out of what you just said. <laughs> the headline is a mixture of those. Yeah. Uh, India didn't have a great series, did they? Well, they didn't win a match on their tour of Australia. Yeah. <clears throat> From that perspective, you know, how in interesting is it that England beat them? I don't know. England... There was a, a bit of positivity, you know, Bell hit some runs in the series, but then in the end were smashed in the final. So, I mean, this is what we can expect, I think, isn't it, from the World Cup, you know. A bit erratic. In realism, it's kind of get to the quarterfinal, you know, probably some good individual performances along the way and then get smashed in the quarterfinal. When it actually home. matters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's if you were kind of going to form, isn't it? You can hope for better, but that's no more than that, you'd say. Yeah, in Australia, are, you know, are favourites, aren't they? So I think that's the thing. They are an exceptionally good, good. one-day team at the moment, especially in home conditions. Um, I actually think there's clear blue water between them and the, and the rest of the World Cup favourites, let alone England. So I don't think England should get too depressed about the fact that they weren't able to beat Australia. Um, I mean, if they're going to win the World Cup, they'll presumably have to beat Australia at some point, but no one's expecting them to win the World Cup. Having a good World Cup doesn't entail winning it for England at this point. So... They shouldn't necessarily be too alarmed at losing to Australia three times. And there were some very promising signs in this series. 
The fielding, for one, was exceptional. We saw some fantastic catches. Ian Bell was fantastic catches. Uh, and just in general, they looked much sharper in the field. And, you know, when they were playing well, when they were a good one-day team a couple of years ago, they were really, really good in the field. And then it all kind of came apart. And this is something we, we talk about a lot, you know, is good fielding, is that symptomatic of the fact that the team is, is playing well? Or does good fielding make a team play well? I'm not sure that we've ever kind of worked out the answer to that. But certainly, you know, if it's, if it's a barometer of how they're feeling, the confidence in the team, um, then, then that's a good sign. Uh, the bowling attack looked decent. It was maybe quite one-dimensional, but that one dimension is doing much better than it was. Uh, and it's great to see Jimmy Anderson back and bowling well, swinging the new ball in Australian conditions, which is quite exciting. If he has a good World Cup, then I would say England's chances improve significantly. Another senior player in form, and you've mentioned him, is, is Ian Bell. Uh, he's now become England's leading run scorer in ODIs, uh, which is quite remarkable considering he's only been good at ODIs for about a week and a half. Uh, but yeah, leading run scorer now. Uh, and James Taylor put together a couple of scores from number three. But, you know, maybe this is, he's sort of a, a microcosm of the England team in that he had a couple of great knocks against India, but he made no runs at all against Australia. You know, should we be a little bit concerned about that? You know, Taylor maybe against a good bowling attack uh, hasn't been able to cut it just yet. Yeah, I mean, he's still got time, isn't he? It's, it's still the war, you know, this is effectively the warm-up. Yeah, effectively the warm-up games, even though, you know, the warm-up to the warm-up games, I suppose. Uh, I mean, it's good to see that Australia and India are going to meet again in a warm-up game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the schedulers have really got it spot on again. Uh, so I think look, let's not make any early judgments. Yeah, I think you know, he's, he deserves his place in the side. No need to judge him until the end of the tournament. It's not a big enough sample size, really, is it? Three games against Australia to say, is that just a coincidence that he hasn't scored runs against them yet? You know, no one's going to score runs all the time. Or is it the fact that the better bowlers have, have been able to uh, find him out? One batsman in that top three that I am a little bit worried about is Moen Ali because it, it does look as though his form has disappeared. Um, you know, in that Sri Lanka series, he came in all guns blazing. We thought maybe he might be England's kind of ace in the pack at the top of the order, but he made no runs at all in this series. And he does have a weakness against the short ball. And on these pitches, particularly against sides like Australia, that is going to be exploited. Johnson worked him over in that, that Tri-Series final. It was a fantastic ball from Johnson to get him out, but it was a short ball that Ali couldn't handle. That doesn't bode well either for the World Cup or for the Ashes next year, really, does it? What should we do with Ravi Bapara? This is the perennial question, really, isn't it? What do you it? want to do? Well, I mean, the thing is, I think if, if Bapara bowls five or six overs and bats at number seven, then he's a real asset to the side. But on these pitches, his bowling can get picked off and you know, it... it just looks as though Morgan didn't really trust him. I think he only bowled three overs in the series. And he's not good enough as a batsman to just be in the side as a batsman. I think he averaged 14 in these games. And just all throughout his career, he's not really done it as a batsman. If he's going to bowl as well, then he's a good option. But there are better batsmen. There are better batsmen in this squad. Gary Balance is a better option. But if you bring in Balance, then that can ironically enough <laughs> it changes the balance of the side because balance isn't going to bat at number six is he that wouldn't be the right position for him so then you'd have to kind of reshuffle that whole batting order so it, it's a tricky one and I, I think they'll probably be tempted to at least give Bapara a go at the start of the world cup well they've got the yeah they've got enough tournament to to mix things up haven't <laughs> they? Street, yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of rope. I mean, yeah yeah the group stage 
offers a bit of flexibility. I mean, I do, you know, yeah, Papare is a bit of a running joke, isn't, isn't he, in cricket, let alone on the pod. Uh, and, you know, he's always going to have your comments kind of weighing down on his shoulders, always. So I do feel a bit sorry for him in that regard. Uh, but as you said, I mean, he is hugely, he can, just, you know, can be destructive in the right circumstances. He is effective. He's a good all-round player, but yeah, the form going into the tournament isn't strong enough to suggest he should start it. I think the problem is, like, for me, he's a great player at number seven, assuming that your top six are really firing, because then he can come in at the end and add a few extra runs, finish the job, potentially, which he's <laughs> never actually done, but that's the theory. Um, you know, he's quite a useful number seven batsman there. But if your top six are, are struggling to, to put enough runs on the board, he, he's not likely to come in and make a, a hundred, is he? To make a you know an 80 or a 90 and change the game in the way that James Faulkner is, for example. You might expect Papara to make 30 or 40, not to make 70, 80, 90 or 100, which I don't think he's ever done, am I right in saying? He's made one ODI 100. Okay. Which is not really enough, is it? That came against Ireland in Dublin. <laughs> well, well, there you <laughs> go. It's the same yeah. story. I mean, as well, his strike rate's not good enough. I mean, looking back on the, kind of his last few innings, yeah, he, you know, if he's going to come and score 30 batting there, you know, it's got to be a runner ball. But the problem is England are getting bowled out all the time. I think it's something like 11 of their last uh, 18 one-day internationals they've been bowled out before the 50 overs are up. On that basis, you know, maybe it would be better to have Gary Balance adding a bit of extra... Uh, a bit of extra stability, particularly if Papara isn't going to be bowling. You may as well have balance at that mm. point. So that would be what I would do at this point. But it does mean having to rejig the batting order. I'm not quite sure how that would work out. Can anyone stop Australia, Tone? They well, look pretty ominous. So, yeah, I mean, they've kind of got the full package, uh, which is annoying, really, in a way, from an English fan's perspective, because... You know, they have bloody won it loads. A couple of years ago, it looked like they're, you know, that they, you know, it was going to be over for a little while. It's kind of they've come good again before this World Cup, and really good as well. Like arguably, there are players here that could, in a few years, be tough to say as good as the likes of Gilchrist Hayden, etc. But you know, probably in, in, on the, in the conversation. Yeah, and on the next rung down. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? Maybe, maybe a bit higher. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they do look very good. I mean, there are other, obviously there are other teams, and you, you, that, yeah. I don't know how much daylight's in between them, but you've got to back them. You've got to back them to get out of their group, at least. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a bold statement <laughs> yeah. from Tony Kerr. Tony, it's time for the return of maybe the most popular item on this show. Which cricketer has said something stupid on Twitter now? This week, we're talking about Stuart Broad. Uh, I'll read you this article from The Daily Telegraph. The Daily Telegraph. Stuart Broad faces criticism for Twitter comments appearing to tell minimum wage earners to be humble. Bowler provokes backlash after tweet about people earning the minimum wage. Did you see this story, Tane? Were you aware of this story? I did. Story? I don't really want to talk about it, but carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I told you before the show that you'd be talking about it, and you said, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Stuart Broad faced criticism for comments on Twitter when he appeared to tell people earning the minimum wage to be humble. Broad, who earns close to £1 million per year as a centrally contracted cricketer, and lists six sponsors on his website, tweeted, quote, I've heard if you earn minimum wage in England, you're in the top 10% earners in the world. Hashtag stay, hashtag humble. It provoked a backlash, as well as accusations of hypocrisy. I, I think the, the backlash consisted of <laughs> accusations of hypocrisy, but, uh, quote, it's a pretty daft thing to say. Poverty is relative, after all, and something Oakham boy Stuart Broad has never experienced, wrote Twitter user 
Eddie Hogg, while Piers Morgan called him woefully elitist. Broad attempted to clarify his tweet five hours later. Quote, I merely wanted to emphasise my amazement at just how big the world is. No offence meant, and sorry if any taken. The hashtag was aimed at myself. So, Tom, when listeners saw this story, uh, I know that their first instinct would have been, bloody hell, I want to condemn him, or bloody hell, I want to exonerate him. But either way, first of all, I need to know what Tony Kerr makes of it over at the World Cricket Show. So what was your reaction to this story? Tim? Non-story. <laughs> Complete non-story. I mean, on so many levels. Give us a few of the levels. Well, firstly, I, really, I, I do find it slightly boring already. You know, Twitter's not been around that long. But you know, I've been pretty bored for a while of stories which just consist of telling the story of you know someone tweeting and what people responded to it. And I don't really care, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I don't care what Piss Morgan. The answer annoyed me. I didn't know he'd weighed in. He can, <laughs> of course he, has. he can literally do one and hard and fast. Hopefully, he can. Piers Morgan can peers off. If you ask <laughs> That's me, That's quite good. Thanks. I'll tweet that now. <laughs> uh, but it's non-story, isn't it? Like it's not. It's not even a, you know, it's not that, con- is it that controversial? Is it busy being that elitist? It's, it's an, it, you know, it, it is an interesting, well, I don't know why he's tweeting it. I don't really know <laughs> yeah. what his followers, you know, are they going to him looking for kind of, you know, stats about <laughs> yeah. the world demographics? Economic analysis. Yeah, I don't think so. So he's, got, he's pitching it wrong. Yeah. But, well, yeah, I completely agree that he shouldn't have tweeted it from the perspective of, what was he thinking? This was obviously going to happen. I think the main problem is the hashtags, isn't it? If he just tweeted that fact and even said something like, wow, that's incredible, you know, I don't think anyone would have picked up on it. It's the fact that he wrote hashtag stay, hashtag humble. A, don't say hashtag stay, hashtag <laughs> yeah, humble. Okay, yeah, don't do that. That's annoying. But also, yeah, the, the fact that he was saying stay humble, he says he was talking to himself, but if you're talking to yourself, don't post it on Twitter. But yeah, it, it, it does read, doesn't it, as though he's telling everyone else. No, I, he's I telling the people on minimum wage that they should stay humble. But I don't think so. I agree with you like that I, I do get extremely frustrated by the kind of instant outrage oh, it's really like... that erupts on Twitter all the time. Yeah, I don't know if you remember Joey Barton being on Question Time uh, yeah. last year. And he, he made some gaffe, which was a gaffe for sure about, you know, the choice between the political parties being like choosing between th- three ugly women, I think. Which obviously was an incredibly crass and stupid a, thing to yeah, say. A, yeah. But someone in the audience actually, you know, put their hand up and said, I can't believe you've just said that. You're going to get buried for it on Twitter. <laughs> and it's like there is this kind of palpable sense of glee that people really enjoy, really get a kick out of being outraged and of trying to cut someone down and ruin their life yeah. because of something they said. And, you know, I read that Stuart Broad tweet. I happened to be on Twitter at the time. I read it about three or four seconds after he posted it. And I could almost hear the outrage exploding. <laughs> Out of your own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, I like hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of semi-conscious. Stuart Broad, the f***ing tough. <laughs> what the f*** is he thinking? So, yeah, it's not to say that these people are wrong. Like, I, well, they are it, in a bit. No, yeah. no, it's in the sense that I, I think... Broad was wrong to say what he says. Like the fact that the fact that he's you know talking about may well be true. I think it is true. Um, but the the stay humble thing, you know, I, I don't think he should have said. But you know, can we all just relax? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. everyone really just not. chill out. You don't, it wasn't a clever thing to say, but you don't have to try and ruin his life over it. 
Let's move on. Just forget about it. Yeah, I agree. This whole thing about offence is now like a you know it's a right of people. You know, it's like I I'm not allowed to offend. Yeah, we're getting to do we get this is looking like a free speech territory. <laughs> yeah. But it is slightly annoying that you know You're a sweet Stuart. <laughs> I'm not like no yeah, no one's allowed to offend anyone anymore. It's like, yeah, okay, if I say something like you know, you're you're an idiot. Uh yeah, you're you're welcome to be offended by that. Well, I'm already tweeting about it. <laughs> but just, Adam Bayford is, you know, a bloody fool. Yeah. Uh for hosting this podcast for the best part of four or five years. <laughs> That's a dreadful understatement. As well. <laughs> That's an alarming understatement. It's closer to seven. But it's just like, I don't know. You've, yeah, you, have a, yeah, you have a right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The thing, like, oh, you're an idiot, but you don't have a right to shut me up. Well, not only that, but... Well, that's, that's not really a great example, is it? You, I'm, not really yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really thought it through. But, no, I, well, you have a right to be offended and you have a right to express the fact that you feel offended, but just calm down a bit. And a lot of these people that are so offended, they may well be right in thinking that what he said was stupid, but just calm down. And you don't have to kind of... They're just visibly enjoying the fact that they get to kind of take aim at someone who is earning all the money and who, you know, is, is in a much more privileged position. I mean, yeah, he's, I, the thing is, I don't think he is wrong on the basic fact in the sense that yeah on the stats um if you earn the minimum wage you are in the top 10 percent of the earners in the world and given that you know in 2015 we're much more materially well off than at any point in human history you're if you're on the minimum wage in the uk you're better off than about 99 percent of the people who have ever lived in that sense he's right to think that is amazing but of course wealth is relative and it's about spending power, isn't it? If you could be a millionaire, but if a loaf of bread costs a million pounds, that's not very useful. It doesn't really matter how much money you earn. This is like an economics lesson. Yeah, isn't it? I should yeah, be a, yeah. some kind of professor. Um, so I think the the fact is correct. He perhaps didn't understand it as fully as he might have done. He definitely shouldn't have said stay humble. But people just need to take well, a I, chill yeah. pill. Oh, uh, yeah, just get it, get on with it. I mean, <sighs> can we all just chill out, please? Just get. I just don't like. You just laughed stuff up. I don't know. Just get. Maybe that's. Maybe that's offensive. Who me? <laughs> hashtag laugh. Hashtag it. Hashtag off. <laughs> no, I am rapidly turning into a grumpy old man. Has to be said. Just watching the the, the news at ten has the power to just wind me up about most most things. Really, almost every item is annoying. I at this stage in my life, well, I, I just got to go back to being a kid where you're just like. 
wow, like things like. <laughs> whereas now it's just like oh, it's just de depressing wow, tragedies. Things. <laughs> Look at this thing, and there's another thing. <laughs> yeah, it's true though. It's just like anything. It'd be like oh. What you want, Tane, is to just go back to being nine years old and just riding your bike That's around the field, thing, isn't yeah, it? No. That's what you want. Not annoyed about anything. <laughs> around the world. This is the part of the show where we talk about things that have been happening around the world. Now, Tone, Mohamed Amir, remember him? He's coming back to cricket. His five-year spot-fixing ban uh, was originally due to end in September this year. Uh, but this week, the ICC made some changes to their anti-corruption code. And one of those changes means that banned players are able to come back a little bit early. And Amir could actually return as early as this month, February. He could be back playing cricket very soon. And I'm sure English counties will be queuing up to sign him for the summer. How should we feel about this, Tone? Should we sort of welcome him back into the fold? He's, you know, he's done his time. You know, or should we be a bit more hesitant than that? It is quite a difficult one, isn't it? Because well, if you're, you're going to ban someone for a length of time, then in theory they can just come back after that. Could just regurgitate all the Chad Evans debates. Can you? Well, yeah, Go it's there. quite a different situation, well, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, yeah, clearly the the uh, relative offences, yeah, differ in severity and kind of impact. But in cricketing terms, I think people, you know, a lot of people will find what he did pretty reprehensible. I mean, do you think we'll have all this? Do you think we'll have, you know, so and so is interested in signing him? Backlash, anger, outrage, sponsors threatening to pull, and then, you know, 11th hour kind of withdrawal of the offer, and then move on to the next county? No, not to anything like the extent of the Chet Evans case, because they are just extremely different cases, as much as, yeah, you know, many, many cricket fans think that what Amir and the others did is completely disgraceful and will forever. Will will not be able to separate Amir from what what happened there. Um, it's just a completely different situation for lots of reasons, including the fact that football is just a much bigger sport than cricket in the UK. So the idea of sponsors pulling out and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, but it's, it's the same kind of things. I, I, Amir yeah, I is talking about signing for Derbyshire. Like it's just well, yeah, not going everyone's to be just a talking big about deal. signing for like Rochdale or something like that. I mean, it, yeah, like it. You know, in the grand scheme of things, he wouldn't have been apart from the fact that everyone was, you know, put him in the limelight. You know, every for that two or three week period when he was trying to, you know, find a club. I don't know what he's doing now, but you know, apart from that, he would have just gone to some League Two club. And yeah, you know, he would have been a role model to to some people. You know, Amir will be a role. You know, what are you saying to the kids at you know the Sussex Academy if Amir goes and joins Sussex? Well, sure, but it is it's just a very different case. I didn't really want to talk about Chad Evans tonight, <laughs> so that wasn't on the agenda. It's just a very it's a very different case. The Chad Evans thing is about. He literally went to prison for committing a crime outside of the sport, the crime that he committed. Like, it, it, it's all wrapped up in lots of things about misogyny in football and the fact that he's a role model uh, no, for young I, people. Yeah, I know, I know, There's a yeah, huge obviously. amount more to it than the fact that what Amir did was obviously wrong. But within the sport but, of cricket, but, but you could argue that what Amir did, you know, look at the way Lance Armstrong is absolutely, like, pilloried and kind of hated by a lot of people. Interviewed, you know, in the last couple of weeks and said, yeah, I'd do it again. And everyone was like, everyone went mental. Furious. So I mean, and that's you know, yeah. In terms of what I don't think, I yeah, get him back, get him back on a pitch. Well, no, sure. I mean, people. That's my are, opinion, but people, a lot of people won't think that. Don't they? Yeah, absolutely. They will. They will always. Um, they will always consider him to be a disgrace. But um, if you're not going to ban someone for life for spot fixing, if there is going, if it, if there's going to be a time where you're saying they can come back to cricket, then you can't really ask them not to come back to cricket 
when that ban ends. Right, um, I definitely think that, yeah. It's the same thing in athletics, isn't it? It's, it? It is a very difficult thing because, like, Justin Gatlin is back after a, a doping ban. Most of the races he wins, there is always a, a bit of a dark feeling about it. I don't know, will that be the case if, if Amir does return to Pakistan and he sort of bowls them to victory? Will people still be... It's just a different... It is a different situation. Though. It's different, but it's the same same feelings and the same doubt. Yeah, like you say, in athletics, you know, people will always doubt drug cheats. You know, in cricket, you know, will, will everyone always doubt Amir? I mean, it, you, know, it doesn't, you don't have to do much to spot fix, do you, as we found out? Well, sure. So if he, chuck, yeah, if he chucks a no ball down at a certain, you know, how will you, how will you ever know that he's not been manipulated? I mean, For me, fool like, it. I mean, if you were kind of a, a spot fixing ring, you probably wouldn't target Amir. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, he's susceptible, but it would be the think, stupidest thing you could do. It's hard to imagine him reoffending in the sense that it's cost him five years of doing the thing that he loves more than anything else in the world and what was shaping up to be a very lucrative career. And he, he's literally gone to prison and not been able to do that for five years. So the idea that he would do it again, that he's raring to get back <laughs> into it, I do well, you find... you know what they say about the reoffending. ...hard <laughs> to believe. But, I mean, I, yeah, personally, like, I, I do, I, I do want to see him back, but I am a little bit cautious about it because the problem is that I really want to see him back from the point of view of... You know, he was such an exciting player. I mean, in that summer of 2010 when he was kind of scything through the England batting lineup, you know, that Strauss, Cook, Trott, Peterson, Bell, they had no idea how to play him, really. He was already one of the two or three best fastballs in the world and he was only 18. And people were actually starting to, starting to talk about him as being potentially the best of all time or one of the best of all time. So the thought of him back in action is quite exhilarating. But that is troubling, therefore, because I worry that his talent clouds my thinking a little bit like are, would we be as willing to forgive other players well you know if it was i don't know liam plunkett or sheldon cottrell or someone like this would would we be would i be quite as ready to forgive him and let him come back you know although i guess the Santh is another one like will yeah. will everyone be like yeah bring Santh <laughs> back absolutely or is it because i suppose the counter argument you know, with someone like yeah you know, the, the, the the first two examples there is would anyone care quite as much i mean they could probably slip in with a little less fanfare, Sri Santh has the kind of downside that it was really annoying for for much of his <laughs> playing career. So yeah, I, I didn't like him. Didn't like what he did anyway. Well, exactly. But that's the point. I mean, no one really likes Sri Santh. Everyone loved Amir, and a big reason why everyone loved Amir is because of how brilliant Apollary was at the age of eighteen. You know, the concern is that we're ready to welcome him back with open arms because we love him, but actually, you know, you you should be treating these cases. In the same way, I mean, it's not quite the same because Amir's case is special in other ways, um, notably his age. And, you know, his, people have always, his supporters have always asked for leniency on the basis of the fact that he was very young at the time. But I don't know if that has ever quite washed for me because, yeah, I mean, clearly his age did mark him out. It marked his case out as being very different to Butt and Asif, um, who are more than a decade older. Yeah, I, think, I definitely think that because, I mean, you know, it, what it, pretty bold of a youngster like that to, to, to try something, you know, you, you wonder what's kind of nonsense he was being fed and... Well, the sense the was always that he that was, was kind of pressured into it. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I, I didn't quite buy the portrait of him as some kind of doe-eyed innocent. You know, he was, he was 18, he wasn't 8. And would it have made a difference if he was 19, 20, 21? Like, when do you become an adult? This is a question that I continue to grapple with as my friends and family will be very <laughs> quick to tell you. 
Um, but, you know, taking money to bowl a noble is unacceptable. And I do think that cricketers understand that even at 18. So, well, yeah, no doubt he was pressured into it. I didn't quite buy the idea that he had no idea that what he was doing was was wrong. And he could yeah. have reported but then, it. But then, yeah, I guess the, the other... Yeah, we don't want to get into the whole argument again. But how arguably, how critical is spot fixing? I mean, you know, if someone said, look, you, you can do this uh, and it's you know very little bearing on consequence of the match you know it, it's it does seem like quite a harmless harmless crime really uh, yeah and you could say well it throws into harmless doubt. fun <laughs> it throws into doubt the kind of integrity of everything else you know what we're watching but you know how much impact does it have on, well no on I, I agree probably I, nothing you know to a certain extent i agree that it, it isn't the most heinous crime in human history um and perhaps you know there is a tendency to overreact but like you say it does you know the integrity of the sport is is at stake and you know once you start not being able to believe everything then can you believe anything and we've had this conversation mm. a lot um, well i think the other question with him you know about in terms of are you excited about him coming back and all this realistically how good is he going to be well, now this is probably a, not this is a good question you know i used to call out the libertines uh and, you know the other week you know you know well i was a, a kid i guess uh i wouldn't, I wouldn't have said you quite like the liberty <laughs> okay, you're really absolutely like the obsessed with the liberty yeah well i was yeah i was young and mis- uh, you know informed they're, yeah, they're quite good yeah they were very good at the time as yeah and similarly to me you know there's a lot of potential but now you know pete doherty apparently they're going to release a new album am i excited about it not at all It'll be it'll probably be embarrassing to everyone involved. I mean, it might not be, but it probably you know that's that's the kind of that's the, uh, the sense I'm going in with. Yeah, or it's like Arrested Development coming back. Arrested Development is my favourite TV show of all time. I heard they were coming back for a new season. I was really excited, and then about two days later, I was like, Oh no, hold on! It's not going <laughs> yeah. to be very good, and it really wasn't very good. And yeah, no, sure. I mean, that that is a problem, and you can't take someone out of the game for four and a half, five years, and expect their development not to have been derailed i mean he has been training but not at the kind of level that he would have been training at uh, and obviously not been playing but that being said he is still only 22 you know if he, if he made his debut for pakistan today he would be considered a real youngster you know he's younger than joe root he's younger than ben stokes he's only slightly older than dale stain was when he made his debut so he's got a lot of time to make up ground and while I don't think he will become as good as he would have been had he not had this ban, there's nothing to say he won't become a top-class international bowler because you know, even if he doesn't come back into the team for three or four years, he, he'll still be fairly young. I mean, he'll probably have to become the best bowler of all time if he's going to be remembered for anything <laughs> other than spot-fixing. I suppose you could argue, though, that... You know, he- Skipping years eighteen to twenty two or nineteen twenty two or whatever it was, uh, you know, he's not going to he's not going to be burnt out now in the, in the way some other young bowlers who came through young and you know, you ruined, were burnt out at twenty two yeah, exactly. as well, weren't you? Ruined their bodies in other ways, uh, and you know, and you know, never really recovered. You know, for him, yeah, he's obviously, obviously there's a natural talent there. He's probably been in the you know, he's probably been keeping fit. So like, per- yeah, in a way, perfect kind of springboard now to prison gym to go. He knows he can do it. He knows he can. You know, he shouldn't. He won't be worried about. He won't have the nerves. Well, I mean, there might be. There will be nerves. I'm sure when he comes back. But yeah, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's ideal. Now, it's going to be really interesting to see. I think. I'm I'm interested. I'm interesting. <laughs> a lot of people say that about me. Much like the director of Wolf Hall, this episode of the World Cricket Show has left everyone in the dark, despite our best efforts. Do you, do you get it? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about, Tom? Did you like it? What, Wolf Hall? Yeah. 
Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I, I've got it recorded, but I've been watching The Tudors. Oh, yeah. The TV show The Tudors uh, with Jonathan Rhys Myers. And I'm in the middle of that at the moment. I'm literally watching the episodes about the fall of Anne Boleyn and everything. And I just thought it'd be a bit weird to then go and watch Wolf Hall with the same characters yeah, mental. Played by different people. <laughs> so I'm kind of saving it. Yeah, I think that's valid. Are you enjoying it? Keep it clear. Yeah. It's all right. It's good. Yeah. I enjoy in the Tudors. Have you seen the Tudors? No, I've watched it. Okay, because Jonathan Rhys Myers, I had no idea that he's Irish because he does a very good like Master Cromwell. Bring me the, bring me the parchment. This, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a direct line from the script. Uh, but then I saw an interview with him and he was like, "You had a great toy making the Tudors. <laughs> had a great toy." But it's Damien Lewis, isn't it? In, uh, yeah, in is he good? Yeah, right. Who's, I can't, what's the guy that everyone's like, who's a classic stage actor? Mark Rylance. Yeah, I don't think I've ever is. seen him in it. No, he's, he's, a, he's a classic stage I've actor. Really been, I don't go to the theatre. <laughs> Not enough. No. Not enough. I only watched one episode of it, though. Was it good? Mm, it's right. I'm looking <laughs> to see how it develops. We've had economic theory and also <laughs> TV criticism watch on the, this week's show. Did you watch the start of Fortitude? I've got it recorded. Keep got it not recorded. Yeah. That was good. Was it good? That. Yeah. With Sophia Grub- yeah. Grabul. Uh, and it was, but yeah, we, this is like the TV, it's like the TV review now. <laughs> the TV corner. I watched the first series of Broadchurch uh, to see what all the fuss was about. Have you watched Broadchurch? No. Have you got it recorded? Is it any good? <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> no, the, no, no <laughs> it, was all, it was all right at the end, yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, the kind of first three or four episodes were as village as its setting. Really? <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember you saying, you were watching it. And I said, is it any good? And you said, it stinks of ITV. <laughs> yeah. Such a snob tone. Such it's a, a snob. snob. It's just, I couldn't download in HD either, so basically that was already two marks knocked off. Rubbish. You'll watch anything as long as it's in HD. Yes, exactly. Yes, watch that movie, Still. Did You Hear About the Morgans? Yeah. Because it was in HD. That was all right. And I didn't, you know, <laughs> it was I could, all right. <laughs> yeah, I could get past the kind of, you know, it was balanced out. The, the quality of the production was offset by the quality of the HD. I, would, I just watched that. I watched an interview with Jonathan Rhys Myers in HD. That was, that was why I watched it. Yeah, I'm still excited this by HD. This interview's in HD, he said. Still excited by HD, even now. Have you had fun tonight? Too? Yeah, it's been all right. I'm quite looking forward to going home, though. I think we did a pretty decent job of holding it together because what we haven't mentioned and probably should have done. Uh, is that we're not in our usual studio. We had to move studio uh, because uh, well, we were in there earlier and Tony saw a ghost uh, and he insisted that we move. Not f- as far away from the truth as you might think. Really? Did you see a ghost? There's spooky goings on here, though. Yeah, because you were here for about 15 minutes before I arrived. Yeah, I didn't notice anything then, but I was here last week on my own and there was a, a thing happening. What, what kind of happened? It was like he just jumped off the desk. What do you mean? Fell on the floor. But then when I looked, I just couldn't see anything. Couldn't see what had fallen. Creepy. Yeah, you do. I've been here with someone in the morning. We've heard a kind of knock at the uh, window. It's the postman. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. <laughs> You're freaking out. <laughs> what was that? But yeah, that was well. Anyway. Well, because I, I go into my work, uh, go into the library uh, sometimes. Uh, after hours. After hours. Yeah, just just have. <laughs> just to kind of rearrange the book. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I well, I run various activities. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> like uh, book clubs and things. But, uh, yeah, I have to go in, unlock everything and turn on all the lights and get everything set up. 
and it is pretty creepy in there because it, it's a pretty old building. Yeah. And I have to go up to the the very top floor and the lights are at the back of the room, so I have to walk all the way through the dark yeah, room. Yeah, it's not good. Turn the lights on. And often when it's really windy outside as well and, like, rain on the windows, everything rattling around, and I'm just turning on the, like, reaching for the light switch going, please don't be a little girl standing there. Yeah. Please don't be a little girl standing there. And so far it's been okay. But people say it is haunted and say they, they have seen ghosts there. Terrifying. Do you, when we were, age, do you remember when we were kids that, that on their PGL, Parents Get Lost, uh, it's like activity camp thing that you get sent on when you're a kid. Uh, I just remember everyone was terrified of ghosts. I didn't go on, on that. PGL. Did you not go? Oh, no. Okay. Everyone, I think it was McRae. It was London correspondent Gordon McRae was absolutely petrified of ghosts. Sounds to reason. <laughs> like, Very jumpy lad. He was kind of like, everyone else was kind of uh, <laughs> daring themselves to say that Bloody Mary thing into the mirror. And McCray was like, no, don't! <laughs> don't say it! <laughs> Tony's now peering around. So I should say we're bringing this up because uh, the Pakistan player Harris Sohail was apparently spooked by a ghost in his hotel in New Zealand and insisted on changing room. Did he just go and sleep on the coach's floor or something? Yeah, I think so. This happened uh, on the 2005 Ashes Tour, the Australia Tour of England. Uh, Shane Watson was spooked by a ghost in Durham and he had to go and sleep on Brett Lee's floor. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's got a, a rich history that's in cricket. Well, anyway, feel sorry for feel sorry for the guy. You know, ghosts are scary, aren't they? Very. Right, well, let's get on. Come on, let's go with this. <laughs> let's let's get, get, get Tony's now time. really jumpy. Uh, well, well, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with a World Cup preview. But between now and then, if you like the World Cricket Show, uh, then check us out on the internet. Tony is genuinely very nervous now. He's looking around. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. Follow us on Twitter. The show account is at cricket show. You can follow Tony at Tony Cover. And follow me at Adam Bayford12. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail. Leave us a review on iTunes if you've got a spare couple of minutes. We really appreciate all of those. And if you're doing your shopping, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. If you're you're buying something for your other half, if you're going to do it on Amazon, then go first of all to our website, which is cricketshow.net, and click the Amazon button there. And then anything that you buy, we get a bit of a kickback. So we do really appreciate all of those. And if you want to buy a Guernsey Beach Guide, well, hey, you can. Me and Tony wrote one. Uh, Yeah, the Guernsey Beach Guide. We appreciate not everyone is that bothered about Guernsey that's that's not in Guernsey or coming to Guernsey uh, but if you just want to support the show uh, me and Tony wrote a book The Guernsey Beach Guide and it's available to buy and it's, av- and it's available to buy on our website which is guernseybeachguide.com we were quite upset to discover this week uh, Ollie our designer uh, spotted on the Guernsey eBay page it's like e- like eBay people post things on Facebook don't they little second hand things to sell uh, and someone had taken a picture of uh, a pile of books. Yes, spread of said, books. said, uh, one pound each, I just want them gone. <laughs> and one of them was the Guernsey Beach Guide. Which has only been out for about six weeks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a quick turnaround, you know. She's so angry so <laughs> with it already. I just want she them gone. Just wants it gone. <laughs> so we're going to put that on the cover of the second edition. Anyway, that's it. Stay in school, everybody. Uh, hope you have a good week. And we'll see you next week for our World Cup preview. Down to business next week. We are going to hopefully get out of here without the ghosts murdering us and we're hopefully going to get home through the snow. Tony <laughs> is genuinely like, freaking it's out. It's like Luigi's mansion, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, get well, the hoover out. Yeah, I did bring my hoover, so that's, 
That's a positive at least. Stop making noises. <laughs> I wish listeners could see Tony's face. He's absolutely terrified. <sighs> right, come on, go on with it. See you next week, everybody. Got, there was some consternation amongst you lot about it, but I just played on, did my thing, got my, you know, kept my head down, didn't let what was happening off the, you know, all the nonsense distract me from my game. I, mean, I didn't mind. You were on my team, so it was fine. Yeah. The point is that people kept passing to you. The colour team kept passing to you. Well, I don't think so. Like, because grey, like a light grey, is very different to red, blue, green, orange. <laughs> it's just naming colours. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's not, yeah. People are idiots. That's what's wrong with them. The people, you know, or, or the, the people in, you know, in well, power, but, you know, the kind of the people doing the things get closer in age to you. It becomes slightly more annoying. So I'm, quite, you know, I'm quite respectful of kind of, you know, of older generations. Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't, but, you know, I quite... <laughs> These I, days. <laughs> wait. Uh, but well, I don't know what we're going on about here at all. <laughs> I do not... I'm a, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, though, that it's when people are the same age as you and they're just, it's annoying. It becomes annoying. It becomes more annoying. This is why we should definitely keep, you know, it's, it's a good idea that this show is focused on cricket. Because if we were just. 10 past 10. We were we're, just let off the leash. <laughs> I don't know what would happen. Cut a lot of that. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.